everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm thrilled that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you found Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. I hope that you'll consider joining me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Periodically, friends will delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. Today is part two of Betrayed But Not Bitter. And on the last podcast, we explored betrayal, both worldly and biblically. And in the National Institute of Health Abstract, it said that betrayal is the sense of being harmed by the intentional actions or omissions of a trusted person, while biblical betrayal from the Vines Expository Dictionary says it's to deliver a person or thing to prison or judgment. And we looked at many examples from the Bible. The first example most people are familiar with is the one of Adam and Eve. Adam had perfect fellowship with God. God formed his body from the dust of the ground, which implies there was nothing fancy about the chemical elements making up his human body. Our bodies are lifeless shells until God brings them alive with his breath of life. And back to dust they go when God removes his life-giving breath. Therefore, our life and our worth comes from God's spirit. This helps us understand why we should value life as God does. And Adam was lonely. I mean, think about being the only human being upon the earth. He had no children, no parents, no friends, no family, and not even a wife at this point. But God is good, and this was very short-lived. God presented Adam with a suitable helpmate, and he named her Eve. Together, they were innocent and without shame. And you can imagine one of their initial conversations was Adam giving Eve the lay of the land, what the rules of the garden were. You see, God had given Adam complete responsibility to tend and care for the entire garden. But one tree in the center of the garden was off limits. This tree was known as the knowledge of good and evil. And this tells us that evil was in the world prior to Adam's introduction into the garden. The original evil was the pride of Lucifer causing him to be cast down from heaven. And Eve came by God's direction and instruction via second hand. He told Adam who proceeded to tell her. So we know the rest of the story. Eve ate of the forbidden fruit in an act of disobedience to both Adam and to God. Then she offered Adam this fruit thinking they both were going to become wise. So Eve betrays Adam willingly and she betrays God by not listening to her husband. So look at how the temptation came upon her and overtook her. First, Satan went into her mind, making her think that sin is good, pleasant, and even desirable. A knowledge of both good and evil seemed harmless. And like Eve, we sometimes choose wrongly because we're convinced that the choice is good. Sins don't always dress themselves up as ugly. 
The pleasant sins are the hardest to avoid. And Eve first looked with her eyes, then she took the fruit and ate of it, lust of the flesh. And then she gave Adam a bite, the pride of life. Just by seeing what she wanted, she was tempted. And Paul tells us to run from those things that cause us evil thoughts. But another ugly reality of sin is that it spreads. In Eve's case, it spread to Adam. And this betrayal against Adam and God caused a once close relationship to be broken. This betrayal resulted from pride and self-centeredness. So now we're going to move forward to the book of Judges. We're introduced to a man named Samson. And at the time, the Israelites were under the authority of the Philistines. So who was Samson? He was one of Israel's judges. He held the position for 20 years. He was a Nazarite who killed a lion with his bare hands, burned the Philistine wheat fields. He killed 1,000 Philistines with a donkey's jawbone and tore off an iron gate in the city of Gaza. Samson noticed a very beautiful Philistine woman he wanted to marry. His parents objected for many reasons, the first being that it was against God's law. Israelites were not to marry pagans. The Philistines were the Israelites' greatest enemy, and marriage to a Philistine would disgrace Samson's family. And we learn in Judges chapter 13, verse 5, the angel of the Lord appeared to Manawah's wife and said, even though you've been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink or eat any forbidden food. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and his hair must never be cut for your son will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will rescue Israel from the Philistines. Now, a Nazarite is a person who takes a vow to be set apart for God's service. Here, Samson's parents took the vow for him. This vow was for life. A Nazarite could not cut their hair, touch a dead body, or drink anything containing alcohol. The part of Samson's life we're focused in on today is that of Delilah. She was the second woman Samson fell head over heels for. The first woman, a Philistine, was tricked at their wedding. Samson had invited 30 men from the town to enjoy a seven-day celebration. But Samson said to them, let me tell you a riddle. If they solved the riddle, Samson would give them 30 plain robes and 30 fancy robes to wear. The men on the fourth day came to Samson's wife saying, get the answer to the riddle from your husband or we will burn down your father's house with you in it. So she betrayed Samson and gives the answer to the men. Chapter 15 is all about Samson's revenge for this betrayal. He is justified in his retaliation in his own eyes. But this boomerang effect of revenge always costs the thrower. To halt this vicious cycle of hatred, forgiveness is key. Samson is appointed as Israel's judge for 20 years after this victory. And later, Samson falls in love with a woman named Delilah. She betrays the secret of his strength to the Philistines. She asks him the secret to his strength. The first time he told her if he was tied up with seven bowstrings that had not been dried, he would be as weak as anyone. 
So the Philistine leaders brought Delilah seven new bowstrings and she tied him up. She hid some Philistines in her house and they attacked Samson, but he snapped the bowstrings as if they were string that had been burned in a fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Delilah asked again his secret to his strength, and this time he replied, If I'm tied up with brand new ropes that have never been used, I'll be as weak as anyone else. So Delilah took new ropes, tied him up like before. The Philistine men were hiding in the room, and they jumped out, but Samson snapped the ropes from his arms as if they were thread. Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Won't you please tell me how you can be tied up securely? Samson replied, if you weave seven braids of my hair into the fabric on your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I will be as weak as anyone else. So while he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric and tightened it with the loom shuttle. Again, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up. He pulled back the loom shuttle and yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. At this point, Samson told Delilah three lies about where his strength had come from. Samson was deceived because he wanted to believe Delilah's lies. Although he could strangle a lion, he could not smother his burning lust and see Delilah who, for who she really was. So day after day, she nagged him until he couldn't stand it any longer. Finally, Samson told her his secret. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine leaders. They paid her 1,100 pieces of silver for this information. And here's just a side note to remember, Judas's betrayal of Jesus, he only received 30 pieces of silver. So look at this, she's getting 1,100 pieces, he got 30 pieces for betraying our Messiah. And Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap, and she called in for a man to shave off his hair, making his capture certain. And his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I'll do as before, shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. This was the second time Samson was worn down by persistent nagging. Recall the first time when his wife gave the men the answer to his riddle and he lost a bet, which resulted in 30 men dying, his wife and father being burned inside of their home. Nagging is a pathetic reason to give in and act out a disobedience towards God. Samson's example teaches us that no matter how attractive or persuasive, we are never to allow others to talk us into doing wrong. Now the Philistines captured Samson and they gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and made, the grind, made him to grind grain in the prison. Delilah was a deceitful woman with honey on her lips, but she had poison in her heart. She was cold and calculating. She toyed with Samson, pretending to love him while looking for personal gain. How could Samson be so foolish? Four times Delilah took advantage of him. 
If he didn't realize what was happening the first or second time, surely he should have understood by the fourth time. We look at Samson as utterly foolish, but how many times do we allow ourselves to be deceived by flattery and give in to temptation and wrong beliefs? One way we can protect ourselves is by asking God to help us distinguish between deception and truth. Samson might have been in a Gaza prison, but before long his hair began to grow back again. And this once mighty warrior was now being humiliated by his enemies as a prison slave who had his eyes gouged out and was forced to grind grain. God didn't completely abandon Samson, though. He allowed his decision to stand, but there were consequences of his decision. Samson didn't choose to be captured, but he did choose to be with Delilah, a Philistine woman. God's commands had forbade this because God knew what was best for his people. Remember, we always talk about guard, God putting in guardrails in place, and those are what's best for our lives so that we don't get sidetracked. So ultimately, this decision did have consequences for Samson. The Philistines had marched Samson past many dignitaries to the prison, gloating with joy at their capture. The Philistine leaders decided to hold a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their god, Dagon. They said, our god has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, bring out Samson so he can perform for us. So he was brought from the prison and made to stand at the center of the temple between the two pillars supporting the roof. Samson said to the servant who was leading him by the hand, place my hands against the two pillars. I want to rest against them. The temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine leaders were there, and there was about 3,000 people on the roof who were making fun of Samson at this time. But this was a pivotal point. Samson launches up a prayer to his God. He says, our God, he prayed, sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me one more time so that I may pay back the Philistines for the loss of my eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the center pillars of the temple and pushed against them with all his might. Let me die with the Philistines, he prayed, and the temple crashed down on the Philistine leaders and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. And in spite of Samson's past, God answered his prayers and destroyed the pagan temple and worshipers. God still loved him. He was willing to hear Samson's prayer of confession and repentance and use him one final time in one mighty act. So Samson teaches us that every situation can be salvaged when we turn back to God. After all, if God could still work in Samson's situation, I know he certainly can work in any of ours. Delilah's betrayal of Samson occurred because of her greed and lust for money. She was willing to sell him out for 1,100 pieces of silver, when the fact is that oftentimes a person's greatest accomplishment may well be helping others accomplish great things. And in turn, a person's greatest failure may be preventing others from achieving greatness. While Delilah played a minor role in Samson's life, her effects were devastating. Her influence caused him to betray his special calling from God. 
His infatuation with her made him a vulnerable target for her manipulation. For all of his physical strength, he was no match for her. She's never mentioned again in the Bible. May it be that she was among those who perished in the Gaza temple? We don't know for sure. However, we do know that God is not mocked. Samson's remembered for what he may have been. He had tremendous potential. Not many of us are born into life like he was. The angel of the Lord visited his mother and he was set aside for God's plan, a Nazarite from birth. He would help to rescue Israel from the Philistines. He was given tremendous physical strength. But Samson wasted his strength on practical jokes and scrapping with others. Eventually, he gave it up altogether to satisfy the woman he loved. We tend to see him as a failure. He's remembered as the judge in Israel who spent his last days grinding grain in an enemy prison. And we say, what wasted potential? What could Samson have done had he chose to not waste his life? He could have strengthened his nation. He could have returned his people to worship of God. He could have wiped out the Philistines. But in all fairness and respect to Samson, he still fulfilled the promise and purpose announced by the angel who visited his parents before his birth. At the end of his life, his final act was to save Israel from the Philistines. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 32 records Samson, among other Old Testament heroes, who overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. Some were given superhuman aid like Samson and his enormous strength, but the New Testament does not mention Samson's failures or his heroic feats of strength. Because Samson recognized his dependence on God when he died, God turned his failures and defeats into victory. This betrayal teaches us that it is never too late to start over. However badly we may have failed in the past, today is not too late for us to completely trust in God. And so friends, today, if you want to experience an intimate, personal relationship with God's son, Jesus, and spend eternity in heaven, I invite you to pray this prayer of salvation now. God, I've missed the mark, but I'm turning away from my sins. Come into my heart. For I believe in your son's shed blood for all who acknowledge he took on the sins of humanity, past, present, and future at the cross of Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were spiritually born again. Your next steps are to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And consider joining a good Bible-based church where your faith in Jesus can continue to grow and be edified by like-minded people. Allow me to be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God podcast is available most days during the week. A special children's pod show airs on Wednesday when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. And we'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, love in action, biblical wisdom, what the word of God says about trust, 
betrayal, and many more. I hope that you'll come alongside me as we explore the Bible together. And if you like this podcast, make sure to hit like and subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes as they become available. And why don't you be a blessing to someone else today by sharing this podcast with them. Until next time, be blessed and remember that you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus forever. And friends, tomorrow we are going to explore more betrayal about Absalom, who was David's son and how he betrayed him. So the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.